Podcast Answer Man, episode number 409. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi everyone, Dan Miller here from 48 Days Online Radio. Cliff Ravenscraft has been my podcast answer man ever since he was bold enough to ask me if I wanted to make my podcast a 10 rather than a 6. And from what I'm now hearing all around the world, not only is he my podcast answer man, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content online for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do to the next level. Well, my friends, taking things to the next level is what I'm about ready to do with my family as you are listening to this, as I actually should say, as of the day that this is being published out to the internet, uh, my family and I are getting ready to leave the country. (laughs) We're going on a two-week family vacation to Europe. We're going to be spending three days in Scotland, six days in London, Uh, three days in Paris, and two days in the Netherlands. And we have so many wonderful, exciting things planned for our journey. And it is a massive dream come true for our family. And I just am beside myself and cannot believe that this is actually becoming a reality. And of course, we will be sharing our experiences uh, afterwards in our various podcasts that we have in our network, familyfromtheheart.com. My wife and I will come back and share what's going on over there. And of course, I'll be giving live updates in my weekly Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast, probably from that trip. I'll probably record some stuff. So going to be a lot of fun and excitement there. And as a result of that, I needed to record a couple episodes, at least three weeks worth of episodes of Podcast Answer Man before I leave. And that's what I'm doing right now. And in fact, I, I had been sleeping on this. What am I going to do? How am I going to come up with the content for this show? And I decided that I wanted to go ahead and record a series. Uh, and I'm not sure how long this series will be. It might actually go beyond three weeks. But certainly, I know that we're going to have a part one, part two, and part three. And it's going to be called Questions New Podcasters Ask. And these questions are literally going to come straight from the weekly group coaching calls that I host for my podcasting A to Z students. Now, I'm not going through every single question and every single call that I've done uh, with my podcasting A to Z students, but I am going to pull out some of my favorite questions and I'm going to try to just cram and fit as many of those questions and as many as my responses as I possibly can into each of these episodes. And so with all of that being said and out of the way, let me just jump right in and and just get this thing rolling. So the first question that uh, I want to cover here is, in the word in the welcome to Stitcher email that I received, they included an HTML5 code 
that uh, would add their player, their unique player widget, uh, to the sidebar of my website. Is this something that we should add to our website? So if you have submitted your podcast to Stitcher, uh, when you are welcomed, they are going to give you some little HTML snippet. You put it right into the text entry box in your sidebar in your WordPress dashboard uh, under the design option. And you can put that in there. And by golly, they'll give you a very nice looking Stitcher player that will work well on your on desktop browsers and it also works and looks pretty nice in in the mobile browser as well when it pulls up the stitcher does a great job of making a very nice looking uh, audio player for your podcast coming off of their servers not only that but stitcher does some great things with social sharing it, you, when and if they're listening to your episode right there from that stitcher player they can click to share it out on facebook or twitter and when when the podcast episodes are shared into those networks people can listen to your podcast right from the twitter stream and right from the facebook uh timeline now with all of these great things, why is it that you don't see a Stitcher player in the sidebar over at podcastanswerman.com? So I'm going to answer that question. But before I answer that question, the the original question is it's like, okay, I've received this code. Is this something we should put on our website? So the answer to that is it depends. It may be something that you really want to consider and it could be a great thing for you and your community who might actually visit your website and possibly share your content. So it, it, I'm not opposed to people using it, but let me explain to you why I don't use it. Now, when I create my content here at Podcast Answer Man, I am recording my audio in... Uh, full stereo, which is, uh, it's, it's a stereo track. The left track and right track are independent of one another. Now, I happen to be talking into a high PR 40 microphone, which is a mono microphone. That means that my audio should be exactly the same in the left and the right channel. So there's really no reason for this to be stereo, right? However, in the music that opens my show, there is, uh, the music is actually stereo. It, it's got stereo separation. There's a little bit of a difference. When I play that little opening jingle uh, that, that is the network ID of my podcast, that is a stereo jingle. Uh, and there's some stereo separation there. Technically speaking, most people would pr- could probably care less if I would have went ahead and made that mono. But for whatever reason, and the, and the reality is, is that I'm not as concerned about file size today as I was five or ten years ago, and I believe that that as we move forward, file size is even going to be less as a, less of a factor as bandwidth limits are are even higher and and bandwidth is much cheaper and, and, and internet speeds are even going to get faster. So I, I really feel comfortable and confident with the fact that I'm using a stereo MP3 file that is recorded at 128 kilobits per second, which makes my audio file about one megabyte for every minute of audio that I put out there. Now, the thing is, though, Stitcher does not like that. Uh, They do not like 128 kilobit stereo files. And instead, what they'll do is when you're submitting your file to them, they are actually going to be looking at your RSS feed. And every time you put a new episode out, they are going to download your file off of your RSS feed 
and they are going to reprocess it. Basically, now your pot, your file, uh, originally recorded as a WAV file, is what I recommend, has already been converted to an MP3 file, albeit hopefully a, a very nice sounding MP3 file using the Fraunhofer code encoder in Adobe Audition, or if you're using Audacity to uh, in, uh, to edit your files. I hope that you're using the Fraunhofer encoder inside of iTunes to convert to MP3 and not that lame, lame encoder that you can get for free for your Audacity software. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I highly encourage you, uh, if you're an Audacity user, go to podcastanswerman.com slash products and buy my Audacity 101 tutorial it'll if you're using the lame encoder it will radically improve the quality of your sound of your podcast but anyway so we've already gone from a wave file and turned it into an mp3 file which basically to save all of that file size what is happening is the software is throwing out information about your audio file and hopefully most of that information that they're throwing out are frequencies that are beyond the human ear's ability to comprehend and so it's throwing out all that unnecessary stuff however it is throwing out some stuff there there is there is some degradation or the degrading audio quality when we do commit convert from a wave uncompressed file to an mp3 file and what happens is we're already throwing away that information so the mp3 version that we're sending to our audience is already a lower quality than the original recording but it's still good enough i mean 128 kilobit stereo file is really good especially when done by the Fraunhofer encoder however when you take an already reduced quality mp3 or let's call it a compressed already compressed mp3 file uh, that's that's been shrunk down and tossed out original information stitcher is taking that mp3 file and tossing out even further information more information more frequencies more more information data from that file is being stripped out of it and shrunk down to even fall, a smaller file size lower bit rate and the result for some people's podcast is that the audio quality is much less, way less than what I personally like. Now, for my voice, which is, uh, let's uh, admit it, I mean, 98, 99% of the audio file that I'll play most of the time is my voice, it's not that noticeable. But man, when I listen to the first 45 or 90 seconds of, or 60 seconds of, of my podcast and, and my music for my intro is playing, I can't stand to hear my audio, my music intro at whatever bit rate they're throwing out there. And I haven't even looked to see what the bit rate is, but it's very low. And my music, the very the intro of my show, if it's your very first time hearing the show and you're hearing it through Stitcher, it sounds like amateur hour. And, and I do not like it because what they're doing is they're trying to shrink that file size, size down. And, and I understood why they did it when they first started Stitcher, but I just don't think it's necessary today. So basically, what they do is they take your file that's in your RSS feed, they, they download one version of it, they recompress it into another MP3 file, making it even much lower audio quality so that it's a smaller file. And then they start serving their version of your audio, your episode out to their subscribers. 
And so basically, if you are hearing me right now on Stitcher, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. It obviously isn't bothering you because you're still listening to this, you know, 12 minutes into this episode and you're still listening to my voice. And so obviously it wasn't that big of a deal to you. But I'm an audio snob, so I couldn't, <laughs> if knowing that there's a better, more higher quality version of my show available, I want to listen to the best quality possible, and so that's why I do not use Stitcher to listen to anybody else's show, because I know that it is a lower quality than what could be available to me elsewhere. Now, again, I'm not saying that if you're using Stitcher, I know my good friend Dan Miller, who who welcomed us into the show today. I know Dan loves Stitcher. He loves the way that it 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 organizes his show and his playlist and, and stuff like that. And I know that Dan loves Stitcher. And there are a lot of uh, other people out there. There are thousands and tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who love Stitcher. And I love that they love my show on Stitcher. So so I, I love all of that. But what I don't love is promoting my show. I, I will not promote my show on Stitcher as long as they are taking my file and reprocessing it to a lower quality audio file. Um, and for that reason, I personally will not put that player on my site anywhere. And in fact... In all of the episodes, 400 and, what are we on, nine episodes now, 409 episodes, how many times do you hear me talk about Stitcher and the fact that you could subscribe to my show in Stitcher? You never hear me say that. And the reason why is because I'm not going to promote heavily how you can consume a much lower quality version of my show, which is why I don't put it in my sidebar as well. So, with all of that being said, that's why I am not u- using the Stitcher uh, HTML5 player, but you may or may not want to do it on your own show. In fact, listen to your your show on their on their website or on their player, and if your show doesn't have that audio quality and you're not as snobby about your audio quality as I am, I, you know, throwing that into the sidebar of your site may, may be a nice little ad- addition, maybe a little nice... Uh, a bonus for for your website. So give it a shot, see what you think, uh, and it's totally a personal preference thing. All right, next question I want to address here, a little off topic, but what would you say uh, that personally is the biggest annoyance that you have in the world of podcasting in terms of things that could be improved? Now, I remember when this question came up in the weekly group coaching call, and my answer then I think is still the same that I have today. And my answer to this question, what is my what is my biggest annoyance that I have in the world of podcasting uh, and things that could be improved? And my answer to that question today is nothing, absolutely nothing. I am not annoyed by anything in the podcasting space today as far as the technology and availability of podcasting. Now, if you would have asked me that question in 2006 or 2007, my biggest annoyance was how difficult it was to learn how to subscribe to a podcast. And even if you learned what a podcast was and learned how to subscribe to a podcast, then the question would have been how difficult it was to take that downloaded podcast episode and get it onto a portable MP3 playing device, whether that was a Zune or whether that was an iPod or 
uh, a PDA or anything else, any kind of MP3 player, back in 2005, 6, and 7, it was incredibly difficult to learn how, for the average person to learn how to subscribe to a podcast using software on their computer and then finding a way to get those files consistently so that they could be a consistent ongoing podcast listener um, to get those on those portable player devices so that they could take it on the go and experience the portability uh, that the podcasting brings to people that they could listen to it on a plane or while they're on a road trip or out for a hike walking the dog whatever the case may be but but that has all been solved and and that's been solved since the the advent of the smartphone uh, the fact that we now have 3G, 4G, and LTE networks gives us high-speed bandwidth. We have applications on every single major smartphone brand of, of smartphones. You know, there are there are tons of podcasting apps for uh, iOS, for the iPhone. There are tons of podcasting apps for Android. There are multiple podcasting apps for Windows Phone, and I believe there's still a podcasting app on BlackBerry. I mean, and I'm pretty sure there are a couple people who are still using a BlackBerry out there. So, so, and and all of these phones have broadband internet connections, and they all have software options where you can stream live or stream the file, not live, but stream the file right from the servers without having to download it if you have good high-speed internet. And all of these phones have software that will allow you to not only subscribe to it, but allow you to download it while you have a good Wi-Fi connection so that if you are maybe going on a 14-hour flight to Europe, you can actually download a bunch of episodes before you leave and have plenty to listen to during your uh, your your flight across the big pond. All right, so um, yeah, so basically that 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 solved the smartphone and ubiquitous, pretty much ubiquitous uh, broadband access, or at least the fact that you have a smartphone with Wi-Fi and you can download and listen anywhere where you're not, uh, where you don't have a good internet connection. That solved all of that. That was my biggest thing. Now the thing is, is there are tons tons of services out there popping up every single day of people who are their developers creating software solutions to problems that personally I just don't agree exist um one the d word discoverability you know everybody's trying to solve the discoverability problem of podcasting and I just don't see this issue um, and, and what is discoverability? Discoverability is how hard it is for your podcast to get discovered by people or how hard is it for you as a podcast subscriber to discover new podcasts that you might be interested in. Guys, I will tell you, I've been in podcasting since December 2005. I have never in a million years ever even thought about having a problem finding content that I'm interested in. I have the opposite problem. I have so many different shows for so many different passions and interests that I have a hard time deciding which ones I'm actually going to try to maintain a consistent consumption of. You know, and and it's I mean, and this isn't just me because I'm a tech person. You know, it it doesn't take very long at all to figure out, you know, it's it's I guess maybe some people have a, a hard time still searching and finding what they're looking for on the internet through a, a search result. But I don't know. I mean, do do people I mean, 
is there a discoverability on problem on the web? I mean, it. I I don't know about you guys, but I think that I can go to Google and within about five minutes, I could find just about any obscure little thing that I ever wanted to research, and and I have no problem finding it. And and maybe maybe that's just unique to me. I don't know, but. I don't for the if I actually am interested in cycling for example which I've just grown a new passion for I know that I can go into iTunes and search for cycling and pull up all kinds of podcasts and I could even go to Google and do cycling podcast as a ter- uh, a search topic and find things on the web I could actually ask go to my friends of other podcasts uh, fans or podcast producers and say, guys, I know this is crazy, but do you guys know anything? Do you, are, are any of you familiar with any podcast related to cycling? And that re- word of mouth referral is going to get back to me. I've, and that's any topic, any topic whatsoever. I could either do an iTunes search for a Google search for, or ask a network of friends through social media and find and discover new podcasts for any topic no problem, never is it ever a problem. And yet everybody out there, all these developers are trying to create new products and services for the podcasting community to to solve this issue of discoverability. Now, now some people will say, well, you know, I've got a brand new podcast. How am I going to get people to discover it? Well, number one, make sure that you're in iTunes and, and other very... I would say make sure you're in the iTunes directory. Make sure you're in Stitcher. Those are two places I would recommend that you be. Uh, make sure that you have a good website that is is showing up in Google results and make sure that you're using good keywords in your podcast episode titles and that you're using keyword and keywords uh, um, that are relevant to your content so that you're explaining what's in your episodes and so that when people are searching on Google, your show shows up as a result. And make sure that you have a great relationship with your audience so that people will remember you when other people in their community say, hey, do you know any podcast that, that can help inspire me to, to take my podcast to the next level? Oh, well, you need to listen to Podcast Answer Man. You know, that, I, those are the ways that you get discovered. Um, being in the right, being in the directories, being found via Google and other search engines, and also making sure that, that you have a community of people that are out there word of mouth telling other people about you and your content. Uh, discoverability is not a problem. Anyway, all of that to say that I, I you know, it, there are other things, other problems that these developers are trying to solve. There's all kinds of bright, shiny new objects every day, new apps coming out for podcasters. And a, a lot of them just don't interest me whatsoever. I I really don't see anything that that is more appealing to me than making sure that I am recording my audio. I make it available as an RSS or as an MP3 file. I upload it to my media host so that's easily available for everybody to download. I put it on my website so people can consume it there if that's what they choose to do. Making sure there's a good audio player there on my site. Uh, that they can use to listen to my show, and of course, I make sure that I have it available via an RSS feed, and that it's and that that RSS feed is definitely submitted to iTunes and Stitcher. And also, since the RSS feed is there, pretty much anybody else who has a podcast app can take my RSS feed and put it into these ones that might these podcast apps that might not use iTunes. Uh, and and you have their own directories, but my podcast as an RSS feed is available in, in any platform, 
if you can just add that RSS feed in there. So it, that right there means that my content can be consumed anywhere in the world. Well, I think except for China in some instances because they do some, uh, uh, what what do you call it? They They block some stuff. But anyway... Yeah, no annoyances. I love podcasting. I think podcasting is great and and I think podcasting has arrived and I don't necessarily see any big huge problems. Maybe one problem is that you can't search for audio, you know, every word we speak in audio isn't searchable via text. And I don't even know that that's actually an annoyance and, and a problem at all. I definitely am not the type of person that's going to create a transcript of every episode and try to get Google to index all my transcripts. Uh, no, I, I, th- that's really not an issue as long as I've got like whatever I'm talking about. It, is there enough in in my show notes that will lead people you know, to the content that was shared in the episode? Yeah, but so basically... I'm not annoyed. (laughs) All right. Just got the notification that my podcast was in iTunes. It is not showing my artwork. What should I check? Now, this actually happened live during a weekly group coaching call for podcasting A to Z. And uh, during the call, I asked this student to to send me a link to his RSS feed. And uh, sure enough, uh, he had provided that to me. I pulled it up inside of uh, the Firefox app. And I viewed the source and I went in and looked at the iTunes tag for his image. And lo and behold, what we found out for him was that he was actually using a 1400 by 1400 PNG file. That that is an image format that is not supported by iTunes. And so basically what I had told him to do is to go in and uh, take that PNG file and open it up in Photoshop or any other uh, image editing software, and then save it as a 1400 by 1400 JPEG image. And then if he would just upload that and put that in his RSS feed, that should solve his problem. And so we solved that one for him. Uh, another question that had come in says, I saw that a student was saying that they are in Pocket Casts. What is this? And should we also submit submit our podcast to Pocket Casts? And so my answer to this is that Pocket Casts is another podcast application that you can use on your smartphone to subscribe to podcasts. Now, Pocket Cast is a great application. There is one there is one annoyance or frustration that I have with this particular app and that is they're caching your RSS feed on their servers. So basically what they do is they take my RSS feed and rather than their application subscribing you to my RSS feed, when, when you're using that app and you find my podcast and you subscribe to it, you in the application are not subscribed to my RSS feed. No, instead what happens is Pocket Casts has a server and software solution and they, their computer server is subscribed to my RSS feed. And what they do is they go out and look at my RSS feed and they create a mirrored version of that RSS feed on their server. So they actually create a copy of my RSS feed on Pocket Cast's server. And that way, if you're subscribed to it, what happens is it can immediately, as soon as you open the app, it immediately knows on their own servers, because they don't have to go out and search, whether or not a podcast that you have subscribed to, such as my show, has a new episode. 
And and because what happens is their server is consistently going out and looking at all of the different podcasts, uh, all the different podcast feeds of all of the different content that's out there. And they're constantly checking it and updating and creating version new versions of the RSS feed every time a new podcast is added, episode is added, and 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 that the reason why it does that is because let's just say you're a podcast subscriber or a user, if you are subscribed to twenty five different podcast shows in your app, and you open up the app to see if there's anything new for you to listen to. Well, if you scroll down and, and, and you do this little scroll down to refresh and look to see if anything's new, it can actually take a, a long time potentially for that application to open up the internet connection and go out and look and ping 25 different RSS feeds and then come back and show you whether or not any of those RSS feeds have new, new episodes, 25 different requests going out, or... And, and by the way, that's what happens with the official podcasts app from Apple, which I actually prefer because at least the information is coming from my RSS feed. But no, that's not what happens with Pocket Cast. Pocket Casts, what happens is you can actually open up the app and instead of going out and searching 25 different locations out on the internet to see if there's something new in any of those 25 shows, n- instead, it actually, the app opens up and goes to one place on the internet, which is the Pocket Cast server, and the Pocket Cast server has all the information already there, ready to go, and it instantly tells you whether or not there are new episodes. The This is great. I love the concept. I love the idea. I understand why they do this, but the concern that I have, and this is a problem I've seen time and time again, uh, and, and it's, okay, maybe 3% of the time, and it maybe that's an exaggeration, but enough of it to be an issue. Here's the deal. Every now and then, their server gets hung. Something happens. So I might publish my podcast episode at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I put out in social media, I, I post on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and all these other places, I'm saying, hey, guys, I just put out this episode and you guys are going to love it. It's online. Go listen now. And every now and then, I'll get a ton of comments and emails saying, hey, Cliff, you know, you posted that at 12 o'clock. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. It's still not showing up in the Pocket Casts app. And I'm like, well, uh, it, it's in the RSS feed. It's downloading everywhere else. And what's going on is there's something hung, hung up over there at Pocket Cast. So I Tell them I said, why don't you just submit a support ticket over to Pocket Cast and tell them that the you know that there's an episode out there, but it's it's not refreshing. Or you could just wait a couple hours and it'll eventually probably work itself out and they'll do a refresh and my show will show up. And and sure enough, that always you know always works. You know they'll submit something to the support over there and and they'll do a manual refresh and boom, my 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 podcast is instantly there. But that happens quite a bit, you know. In, in in my mind, if it happens more than once every three months, that's quite a bit. Um, I don't like it when that happens. So uh, that's the only frustration I have with Pocket Cast. Otherwise, I think it's a great app. I I love their layout. Um, I love the customization of whether or not you're looking at big, huge blocks of uh, show artwork, or you can do more of a traditional list view of your podcast subscriptions. Um, 
It, it, it is a great app. I, I, I really do like Pocket Cast. And one of the things that I like about Pocket Casts is Pocket Cast is available. Uh, you can actually use it on iOS. You can use it on Android. You can use it on Windows Phone. And I believe they even have a web version of it now. And it syncs all of your... So if you're like 23 minutes into... Uh, a podcast episode, and you stop listening on the web, you can pick it up on your iPhone, you can uh, stop on your iPhone and pick it up on your Android tablet. I mean, it, it's crazy, but it, it's it's crazy good. Um, so Pocket Cast is a wonderful application and one that I, I give high praises to with the exception of of their, their, their caching of the RSS feed. Uh, so with that being said, I, I think it's worth the money that you pay for the app and, and it is a, it comes with my high recommendation. So that's what Pocket Cast is. And so this student says, you know, what is podcast, Pocket Casts and should we submit our podcast to their directory? Well, if you are in iTunes, you're in, you're in Pocket Cast because Pocket Cast pulls its directory information from the iTunes API. So... Uh, and that's true of a lot of podcast applications out there. Not all of them, but but all of the really good podcast apps uh, typically pull their directory of shows that you can search for is coming right from iTunes. Now, I will tell you that Stitcher does not. Stitcher does not pull from the iTunes directory. Uh, uh, Stitcher has its own Directory, and if you want to be in Stitcher, you have to go to Stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. Scroll to the bottom, and in the uh, in the thing, you'll need to look for partner, sign up, and and apply to be in a part a partner with them, is what they call it, and that's where you're going to submit your RSS feed for them, and uh, hopefully get approved into their network as well. And there are a couple other applications out there that have their own directories and stuff like that, but. Um, if you're in iTunes and you're in Stitcher, in my view, in my world, I believe that, that those are the two big ones. And if you know of more that you can be in, uh, by all means, it, it doesn't hurt for you to submit away and spend an afternoon and, 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 and go, go hog wild. But I have 30 different shows and the only places um, I've ever submitted to were uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and I used to do the Zoom podcast directory, and I don't even worry about that anymore. Windows Phone directory, yep, not even concerned about it. In fact, Windows Phone users, I encourage you to use the the Pocket Casts app. I I just noticed the other day if you go to PocketCasts.com, and that's just simply PocketCasts.com. That's plural. It'll take you to what's called shiftyjelly.com slash pocketcasts, which is their, um, that that is the name of their business. But anyway, it's called Shifty Jelly. Anyway, they have, um, it's a bit, the pocketcast here says it's available on the iPhone and the iPad. It's available on Android. Android, they do have a web player and it says new Windows phone. Now, I've not seen it on the Windows phone, but man, if they have it on Windows phone, Definitely, that's the place where if you're a Windows Phone user, use the Pocket Casts app. I guarantee you it will be the best application that you can use uh, on the Windows Phone. All right, so there we go. Which app would you recommend for someone who uses an Android phone is the next question. And basically, same same answer, Pocket Casts. And uh, yeah, there you go. 
Uh, which other podcasters do you admire the most was a question that was asked by one of my students. And I ans- I remember the answer that I gave. And the answer I gave is I would say there are a few. Actually, I, I named two people and I will probably name a couple more. So let me just tell you my number one podcaster that I admire the most. And he might be surprised that I would actually say that he's the number one, but I I definitely feel the number one podcaster that I admire the most is Father Roderick Von Hogan. He is the third podcaster I had ever heard of, and since since the middle of 2005, I've listened to well over 1,000 episodes of his podcasts. And and he does have many different podcasts. I've probably closer to 1,500 episodes, maybe even 2,000 if he's done that many. But he has three podcasts that I listen to now every single week. My number one favorite podcast is called The Walk, which is very much like my podcast called Pursuing a Balanced Life. It's out in the field, and he's just got a digital audio recorder, and he talks about whatever comes to his mind. And I love that podcast the most. Uh, the Break with Father Roderick is the second podcast. Uh, it's my second favorite podcast. It's one that has the most episodes out there. And this is a weekly variety show. He talks about pop culture. He talks about technology, movies and TV shows and and all kinds of other things that are of interest to him. And uh, and And oftentimes geeky things as well. But he actually wanted to talk about more geeky things than he then his overall general audience was interested in him going into that much detail in. And he created another show, which is my third show that I listen to him every single week called Geek Week. And Geek Week is more deep into the discussion of uh, science and science fiction and, and it, it just geeky topics. And, and so I, each of those shows are about an hour a week. And so Father Roderick, Father Roderick gets up to three hours a week of my attention every single week uh, whenever he he produces those shows. And why I admire him is because he has probably, out of everyone else out there, he has the closest vision and approach to podcasting than I, that I have for myself. And that is this approach of just being transparent, genuine, authentic, being who you are, and sharing your love and passion of of whatever your whatever topics you are most interested in, sharing what's going on with your life, what you're learning, your worldview, and and doing all of that in the hopes that it will encourage and inspire and educate others. Um, you know that the people will be inspired to to do. For their lives to be better, to do things that make their lives better. Now, obviously, uh, Father Roderick von Hogan, he is a Catholic priest in the Netherlands. He happens to be one of my close and personal friends. Uh, Father Roderick and I uh, once did a podcast together for, I think, like two years or so called, uh, well, it started out as the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast and then Balanced Living Weekly. But anyway, uh, he... What was I saying about Father Roderick? Anyway, um, he's a Catholic priest in the Netherlands, and so faith is very important to him. And of course, his network is is you know his he hopes to inspire other people to to really give the Catholic faith a a, a, a chance to to hear out 
the values and and that that are there for the Catholic faith. I, I mean, obviously, he as a Catholic priest, he's very interested in uh, evangelization of the Catholic faith. Now, I am not Catholic, but yet I will tell you that I'm very much influenced in my view of the Catholic faith in in a much more positive way than I ever had been growing up in in the communities and and the faith background that I have been in and and I will tell you I, I I'm I, I'm pretty set right now where where I am in my faith and and I certainly have faith and I think that uh, what I've being friends with this Catholic community um, I you know I, I don't I've never felt like anybody in the Catholic Church that is a part of this amazing community that is SQPN and beyond. Um, has ever felt that nobody's ever said, gosh, Cliff, because you're not Catholic, you're not Christian. And, and because of that, I find that, that I feel like I fit in. And that's the other part of Father Roderick that I love is that it's about community. It's about relationships and bringing people together and shared passions. And, and so much of that is what I also want to most do with the content that I create. And that's why I admire him the most. He's, he's the person he's the one podcaster in all the world that has that most closely resembles my own heart and passion and and approach to podcasting that I have myself and and so we've been kindred spirits all these years and and I'm very thankful for that another person the second person that I mentioned when this topic came up was um, Leo Laporte now, Leo Laporte and I don't share a, 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 I mean, our worldview and is, is not necessarily the same. We have different political views, uh, different religious beliefs, um, and, and uh, you know, just a lot of differences. But I admire Leo Laporte for a lot of different reasons. Um, one, I, he was the first podcaster I'd ever heard of. In fact, he's the person who introduced me to the world of podcasting. And um, he, I, I share a love of technology. He ha, He's obviously a, more into technology than I am, but I, I, I learn from him. I, I, I love how much I learn from him personally uh, about technology with, and the technology that's most important to me and what I love, but I also learn from the people he surrounds himself with. The, the, the panelists and co-hosts that he brings onto his shows uh, bring so much value into my life. I've learned so many things that have made my life more pro- productive uh, and, and, and enjoyable through technology. Uh, in my business, I've learned so many things uh, from him and his network and his content that has improved my business and profitability and so many other things. And not only that, but, you know, being with my career being so closely tied to the world of podcasting, I, I admire what he has done in the world of podcasting as, as far as showing, you know, a business model that is profitable. Uh, he, you know, the Twit Network is extremely profitable. And if you haven't done so, I encourage you to check out an interview that I did with Leo a while back. You can find it at podcastanswerman.com slash Leo interview. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash Leo interview. All right. Now, those are two people that I admire. And there are more podcasters that I admire. Um, and and I will just, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go into great detail on all of these, but I admire my friend Dan Miller. 
who gets who does the 48 Days online radio show. You can go over to 48days.com and look for the podcast there. And you know what I admire about him is is just how inspirational his content is and how motivational his content is. Every single week, he just gets behind the microphone and does the same thing week after week after week. And that is he takes questions that were emailed into him, he reads the questions, and just simply talks off the top of his head. And, and just is so encouraging and authentic and genuine and positive and encouraging. And, and I think I, mo- I try to model a lot of what I do from the motivation and inspiration that I get from him. And, and you know, secretly, I think there's a little bit of me that, that wants to be the, the next generation's Dan Miller in a way. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but, you know, beyond teaching people the technology of podcasting, what I, what I most get jazzed about is when I help somebody expand their mindset of what's possible. I, help, I enjoy most encouraging and inspiring people to, to uh, dream bigger dreams, to learn how to achieve goals that they never dreamed possible before. I, I love helping people in mindset and, and in basically, I, you know, I would say that Dan would consider himself mostly a, a career coach and, and I would say he, he probably would be open and if he doesn't already use the, the term life and career coach. And I believe that I'm in the early stages of being, I, I am a life and career coach. Um, many of you think of me probably as a podcast coach and, and certainly I'm a podcast coach and consultant, that's for sure. But anybody who has ever taken, there are now 400 and, gosh, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I think it's like 440 or something, some odd students who have gone through podcasting A to Z and every single one of them will tell you that not only did they get podcast coaching and consulting from me, but every single one of those 440 plus students will tell you that, that I've been a life and career coach to them uh, as well. And so, yeah, a lot of that comes from the inspiration of Dan Miller. Um, some other people, and I, and I can't even go into all of this, but I would just say the other folks that are, are hugely inspirational, motivational to me, Ray Edwards is a close personal friend and so encouraging and motivational to me. Uh, and, and just what he reminds me of when it comes to my faith and what's possible and what God desires uh, for us and our businesses, Ray Edwards does all of that for me and so much more. Uh, also, my friend Wayne Jacobson uh, is is somebody who has a powerful amount of influence and encouragement and inspiration in my walk of faith in this thing we call the God Journey over at the God Journey podcast. By the way, Ray's podcast is over at rayedwards.com. I could go on, uh, but those are the people, those are the podcasters that I admire most, and I think that's a great question, and I really appreciate you asking it. Well, you know what? We've gone uh, 46, uh, now 47 minutes into this episode, and uh, I'm going to take just a break real quick before I wrap up and play this audio clip for you guys. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 
Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, a podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is certain. At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. Alrighty, my friends. So, yeah, I had a drink, chance to take a drink of water while that was going. And my next class, my next podcasting A to Z course, is coming up on uh, Monday, August 10th, and we'll go for four weeks. If you haven't been there, if you haven't heard about podcasting A to Z, I know I just played the promo, head over to podcastingatoz.com. And the most important thing that you can do if you are considering this course and want to learn how to podcast from me and take this four-week session, the most important thing you can do is just scroll right to the very bottom of the page and look and read the testimonials that are there on the website. And then you can go through and and watch the video at the top of the page and take a look at all the other information about the course. But the testimonials at the bottom are very important to help you understand that this is way beyond any other online course that you've ever participated in. And it is very much like having me as your personal, not just podcast coach and consultant, but it's also like having me as your personal life and career coach as well for an entire four weeks. And so if that sounds interesting to you, podcastinga2z.com for more information. Guys, until next week's episode where I will continue questions that new podcasters asked, part two next week. Until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast at some